Now we come to this great question of the filling of the Spirit of God. Sometimes the filling of the Spirit of God has been confused with the indwelling Spirit, or the baptism of the Spirit, and these are not synonymous. Each one has a very distinct ministry to the believer. Remember, to be born of the Spirit, sealed by the Spirit, indwelt by the Spirit, baptized by the Spirit, is what God does for you. Now, he gives us a responsibility with respect to the ministry of the Spirit, and that is to be filled with the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he commands, and it's a command, when he said to the Ephesian church, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but keep on being filled with the Spirit. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. Dr. John G. Mitchell often asked a question that is still inscribed on the library wall on the campus of Multnomah University. He asked it of every class and challenged every student with it. Don't you folks ever read your Bibles? It is quite evident that he did. Dr. Mitchell once forgot his Bible in his office when he arrived to teach a graduate-level class on the Minor Prophets. Without a pause, he quoted the scripture for the day, word for word, from memory. Dr. Mitchell knew his Bible. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word radio Bible study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The next ministry of the Holy Spirit is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and this is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Now, this closely corresponds with letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, found in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Dr. Mitchell gives a short overview of what we have previously learned so far, and he will be giving two lessons on this subject. Now, in this lesson, he tackles the confusion that often surrounds this topic by giving us the Bible's understanding of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Dr. Mitchell says that the Spirit-filled life is to be the normal life of the Christian. Everyone, from the youngest believer to the oldest, can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and the exhortation in Ephesians 5.18 is to be continually filled with the Spirit. Here is Dr. Mitchell on the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Again, we come to our study on the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the people of God. Again, I want to say to you that as we study the Word of God concerning the ministry of the Spirit, It is well for us to approach the Word of God concerning this without trying to make the Word of God fit our experiences. I just feel like, again, saying this word of warning, 
do not judge the Word of God by your experience, but rather judge your experience by the Word of God. This is the only safe way to go. I have friends and you have friends who are all seeking experiences, and I'm not opposed to experiences. But my friend, if your experience is something apart from your heart's occupation with the person of Christ, you'll get an experience that will be of the flesh. I just suggest this as we take up our next lesson concerning the ministry of the Spirit of God. I'll repeat again what we have had, and I'm not ashamed to repeat it. The moment a person really accepts the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, relationship has been established with the Son of God. That very moment, the Spirit of God does a work in you. You're born of the Spirit. This is relationship. You are indwelt by the Spirit. You become God's channel to reveal his character and his heart to men. Your very body becomes the sanctuary of God. You are sealed by the Spirit. This speaks of preservation, for you are sealed in Christ until the day of redemption. Then you are baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. And this speaks of our union with him and union with each other. This, to me, is one of the most astounding truths in the Word of God for us believers today. Our union with Christ, our union with each other. There are many who will agree that when they were baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ, they were joined to the Savior, our head, the head of the, of the body, the church. But they forget that we are, by, the same, by the same action, we were joined to each other. As the Apostle Paul could say in Corinthians 12, the eye cannot say to the ear, I have no need of thee. Nor can the nose say to the mouth, I have no need of thee. We, we need each other. We've been knitted together in a body of which Christ is the head. We all need each other. Some are babes in Christ. Some are young men in Christ. Some are older in Christ. Some have been on the way for years. Some have just started. Some never grow, some mature, so on. And so we have all kinds of believers with respect to their growth in Christ. But we're all members one of another. Oh, how we need then to show that love. No wonder our Lord could say before he went to the cross in John chapter 13 when he said, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. And as Paul could say to the Galatian church, uh, by love, serve one another. Isn't this wonderful that God puts into your heart, into my heart, his own love? As Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit given unto us. But now we come to this great question of the filling of the Spirit of God. And again, we have had much confusion concerning this. Sometimes the filling of the Spirit of God has been confused with the indwelling Spirit, with the baptism of the Spirit, and these are not synonymous. Each one has a very distinct uh, ministry to the believer. 
Now, every believer, as I have been saying, has been baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ, but every believer is not filled with the Spirit of God. Remember, to be born of the Spirit, sealed by the Spirit, indwelt by the Spirit, baptized by the Spirit, is what God does for you. Now, now he gives us a responsibility with respect to the ministry of the Spirit, and that is to be filled with the Spirit. One baptism, you can only be baptized once into the body of Christ, but it could be many, there could be many fillings. You see, a person can be a real Christian and yet not filled with the Spirit of God. For example, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14, where the Spirit of God seals us in Christ uh, as the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession. In Ephesians 4.32, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. Yet when you come to chapter 5 of the same book, verse 18, he commands, and it's a command, it's not a request, when he said to the Ephesian church, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but keep on being filled with the Spirit. All are indwelt by the Spirit. All are not controlled by the Spirit. And it's the Lord's purpose and intention that all believers should be filled even at the very moment of salvation, at the very moment of regeneration. A Spirit-filled life is not the abnormal life. The Spirit-filled life is just normal Christianity. You see, we, we put a spiritual person on a high pedestal as if it's beyond us, beyond our grasp or beyond our attaining to it. No, my friend. Oh, no. God's desire is for every believer to be spirit-filled. And the tragedy is some people have been Christians for a great many years and they die and have never known what it means to be filled with the Spirit of God. And yet, this is, this is normal Christianity. This is what God wants. It's what, what God wants of you. See, God has a plan for sinners to be saved. And God has a plan whereby believers can enjoy divine life. When you and I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. But when we yield ourselves, of our own wills, we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God who indwells us, then we are filled. It is dependent upon the believer and his adjustment to the will of God. If I may quote from, from Dr. Chaffer, it is the Spirit fulfilling in the believer all that he wants to do. God wants to do something in and through you and through me. And when I'm spirit-filled, when you are spirit-filled, when we are yielded to the Spirit of God, then he, he fulfills in us that what he wants to do. Well, for example, we were quoting here from Ephesians chapter 4, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. It's possible for a believer to grieve the Spirit of God. In fact, when you come to, to uh, 
Thessalonians, it's possible to thwart the Spirit of God when it says, quench not the Spirit. That doesn't mean put it out. You can't put it out, but you can thwart the Spirit of God and what he wants to do. It's the Spirit of God fulfilling in the believer what he wants to do. And may I suggest to you, a babe in Christ can be Spirit-filled the moment he's saved. That's why sometimes when we see young believers full of that ecstasy, full of the joy of the Lord, witnessing for the Savior, and that freshness of love for the Savior, their lives are transformed. You say, my, that's first love, yes? But they were also spirit-filled. The tragedy is sometimes we Christians come along and try to soft-pedal it. We're afraid they're going too far. You better leave that to the Lord. Would to God every child of God were filled with that fervency of love for the Savior that we had when we first accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into our lives, the day when we took him as our Savior. There was an ecstasy. There was a transformation. Our lives were changed. And we're so happy we could hardly, we had to tell somebody about it. You know? You know? We had to tell somebody about it. And sometimes some dear old saint came along and said, Brother, you better just soft pedal that little wee bit. And we, I know uh, sometimes when we were, when we came into the thrill of the joy of salvation in Christ, our union with him, sometimes we didn't use very much judgment. That might be true. But I'll tell you, you can't get away from the ecstasy and the joy and the thrill of telling somebody about the Savior. And it's possible. And I think it's what God would like, that every, every one who accepts his Son should be filled, controlled by the Spirit of God. Now he's indwelt, he's baptized, and he's sealed, and he's born. That's what God does. That's not something you feel. It's what God does. Our experimental side of it comes from being filled with the Spirit of God. As I said a moment ago, a babe in Christ can be filled with the Spirit. And yet I see so many Christians who've been on the road 30, 40, 50 years, and you wonder if they've ever known anything about a Spirit-filled life. A life in the Spirit. As Paul could say in, in Galatians 5, if by the Spirit you live, then by the Spirit walk. Wonderful thing. And it's not that we need to know more of the Spirit, but rather that the Spirit might have more of us. You know, sometimes people say, well, I need more of the Spirit. No, you can't have more of the Spirit. He comes to live in you, takes his residence in your life. Your body becomes his temple, the sanctuary of God. But the problem is, how much of us does he have? Most Christians, and I say this sadly, most Christians know so little of this life. For some reason or other, we have an impression that this kind of a life is reserved for a favored few. Or if you're a preacher, or if you're a Bible teacher, or if you're a missionary, of course we expect pastors and evangelists and teachers and missionaries we expect them to be spirit-filled. But me, where I'm living, you know, in my circumstance, the shop where I work, nobody could live a spirit-filled life. Is that so? My friend, I don't care what your circumstances are. It's God's purpose. It's God's desire. 
that you and I, wherever we are, under whatever circumstances are, he wants us to be so yielded to him that we'll enjoy life in the Spirit. To enjoy that life where the Spirit of God is continually exalting the person of Christ through us. I'm going to raise another question. That is this. Do we need to be filled every day with the Spirit? Is this a once-for-all experience, or is it a continual thing? Well, friend, it's a daily thing. We need to be filled every day. It's a continual life lived in his fellowship. Let me, let me suggest something. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, the fourth verse, you remember the Acts 2, chapter 4, verse 4? On the, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Spirit of God came upon his people. And we read they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spake with other tongues and so on. Now when you come to chapter, to chapter 4 of Acts, uh, that's not very many days after the day of Pentecost, Peter and John went down to the at the time of prayer to the temple to pray. And as they came to the temple, there was a beggar outside who was lame on his feet from his mother's womb. He was a beggar. And he looked at Peter and John, hoping to get something, of course. And Peter said to him, look on us. And he, expecting to have some, some gift given to him, was surprised when Peter says, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, what we have, we give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the hands, lifted him up, and he received strength in his feet. He is a man who had never walked in his life. Now he's leaping and walking and praising the Lord. The power of God manifested through Peter and John. Remember that. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'm going to give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So on the day of Pentecost, Peter was filled with the Spirit, and he preached, and 3,000 were saved. A few days afterwards, he heals a man, lay him on his feet, and turns around and preaches, and 5,000 are saved. And Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit when he gave that message in chapter 4. Now, when you come to the end of chapter 4, uh, by the way, they're, they're, they're made prisoners. The leaders of the Jews took them as prisoners and forbade them to speak in the name of Jesus. They threatened them. And Peter and John went back to their own company at the prayer meeting. At the end of the prayer meeting, they asked the Lord for power to witness, for boldness to witness in the name of your holy son, Jesus. Now, notice what they prayed for. They prayed for boldness to witness. Then I read, And the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Or as the verse goes on to say, With great boldness gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now you notice, did you notice it? In, in chapter, in chapter 2, they were filled with the Spirit. In chapter 4, they were filled with the Spirit. In chapter 3, they were so wonderfully blessed of God, they healed a man, and 5,000 were saved. 
Then they prayed for boldness, and they were filled again. I'm telling you very, very frankly, if I'd had the experience of Peter and John, do you think I would have had a prayer meeting to get filled? Now, notice they did not pray to be filled with the Spirit. They prayed for boldness to witness. I'm going to take it up again in a little while. But when you get this very clear in your mind, they prayed for boldness to witness. The question I'm raising is, do we have to be filled every day? Well, let's look at it. In chapter 2, they were filled with the Spirit. Peter preached, 3,000 were saved. Chapter 3, they raised a man who was born lame. Peter preached again, and 5,000 were saved. Then they were taken prisoners, threatened, had a prayer meeting. It's all in a few days. And they prayed for boldness to witness. Do you think they needed that? Did they need to be filled again? In fact, I know most of us, and I, I include myself when I say this, if I, if I preached and 3,000 were saved in the meeting, then turned around and healed a man born lame and preached again and 5,000 were saved, why, most of us would go on the strength of that for the next six months, for the next six years. We'd always be talking about those wonderful meetings we had and the miracles that were performed. No mention made of it. They prayed for boldness to witness and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The question I'm answering is Ephesians 5.18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but keep on being filled with the Spirit. This is a daily thing. It's what he wants us to do. And you'll notice that the filling of the Spirit of God is very, very closely connected with witnessing. Lord, give us power to witness. And the place was shaken, and they were filled with the Spirit, and with great power give the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. My friend, it may be that you and I, and I say this very candidly, most of us, let me put it that way, most of us, and for some reason or other, we find that we have a difficult time of witnessing for the Savior. It's easier to preach and to teach when you've got people in front of you who love the Lord, but you sit on a plane or you sit on a bus or you talk to your neighbors, we have a difficult time communicating, don't we? Oh, the need of being filled, controlled, dominated by the Spirit of God so that we shall be usable vessels in the hands of the Lord even today in leading someone to the Savior. And remember, whether people accept the Lord Jesus or not, God is still glorified. As Paul could say to the Corinthian church, we are a sweet savor in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we're a savor of life unto life, and to the other we are a savor of death unto death. And it was sufficient for these things. God loves to have you talk to people about his son. You say, I, I have a hard time communicating. I agree with you on that. I do too. But I'll tell you, when your heart's in love with the Savior, it's sure a lot easier. And when you're under the control of the Spirit of God, when you yield it to Him, let Him do the talking, let Him do the witnessing. And I'm sure you'll be filled with joy 
as you seek to bear testimony for our Savior. And may you have that joy today. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.